She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's Autumn Miles with the Autumn Miles Show, and I just want to welcome you back to another super duper exciting episode of the Autumn Mile Show. Let me tell you something. You guys have blown my mind with your downloads and your encouragement over this last, I guess it's been like a month and a half or maybe almost two months that we've been doing this. Just hearing your feedback on the new way we're doing things, the new format, it's really confirming. Can I just say that? I know you guys listen to Be Ministered too, which sometimes I think is the craziest thing ever. But you guys are ministering to me. It's such a confirmation from the Lord to know that you guys are liking this. So we thank you so much for listening. Hopefully this episode will be another one that encourages you, that brings you life. That's what we want. We want to bring the life and the light of our Jesus Christ into your world today. So I have some opening thoughts today, and I was kind of back and forth on my opening thoughts because let's just be real. I think a lot. I'm a thinker. Like I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I I am awake for one hour. And sometimes I tell my mind, shut up, stop thinking so much. So I'm a thinker. So I had a lot of opening thoughts, but I I did kind of zero in on this one event that happened yesterday. I went to the mall and I'm walking around the mall and I go to this particular store because my baby daughter, Haven, I don't know what's happening to her feet. Like she is in a huge growth spurt and she's grown three sizes since March. Okay. And so she needed some new shoes, and I go to my favorite store, and I'm, like, shopping around. Of course, I have stuff for me, and I have stuff for, like, other people. But I didn't find any shoes for Haven there, and and the clerk, there was a long line of people, and the clerk that was checking people out singled me out. Do you have any kids' clothes? And I said, you know, I don't. I just have adult clothes. Well, you have to go to another line. And I'm like, no problem. Like, it's not a big deal. So I go to another line, stand in the line. I'm noticing the tone of the people that I'm walking around with, okay? Now, if you go to the mall on any any normal day, you can see a mixed bag of people and personalities. You know, people that are laughing, people that are, like, just on a mission. You know, those people that hate to shop. They go in for one thing and they come out. They don't even stop or slow down another store. You know, you have your browsers that kind of browse around. They never buy anything. They window shop. Then you have your people that are, like, all day where they get up in the morning and they go and shop till they drop, as the saying goes. And no one's smiling. No one's engaging with one another. You know, we've been taught to socially distance or else. You know, no one even says hi anymore to the person that they're paying. It was kind of depressing. And I go to buy Haven shoes, and the clerk that is helping me is kind of the same way. She's kind of almost, I don't want to say depressed because I don't want to call her depressed, but she was down. And I'm looking at her and I'm just thinking to myself, why is everybody like this? Why? People in general 
are carrying so much emotionally and mentally right now. It was then, as I've got these little black boots for my daughter that she is going to rock and she is going to look so adorable in, that the Spirit of God said this, you, Autumn, you are the light of the world. You are to be light to the darkness that you see around you. You are the light of the world. And it brought me to this passage of scripture. It's red letter. Jesus said this. This is to us, believer. He said it in Matthew 5, verse 13. I want to read it to you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to those who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And it struck me like a lightning bolt, you guys. Believer. This is our time to shine. You know the song, this little light of mine. And then you have your little finger and you're like swirling it around. Wasn't that a cute song? This is the time that our lights can shine the brightest right now. Let me tell you something about me and that clerk that I bought those shoes for Haven for. I could have been her best friend by the time I checked out. You know why? Because I stopped her and I said, hey, thank you so much for helping me. My daughter is going to love these. How are you doing today? How's it going over here in the shoe department? I complimented her. We'd had a little chit chat, a little conversation. And her demeanor, because I recognized what my role was in that transaction, it was not necessarily to buy Haven shoes. It was to be light in the darkness to her. When I realized that, you guys, the whole conversation changed. We as believers are going into transactions with people every single day. Your barista at Starbucks, God bless them, okay? You go to your favorite restaurants, you go to your favorite whatever it is, you go to your sons and daughters baseball games and they might be having the worst day ever. They might be living in an aura of darkness, depression, anxiety, frustration, You do not know where these people are coming from. And you are responsible. You are called to be the light of the world. So today, as you go about your day, as you go about the transactions that you have with people, don't become darkness. Don't become depressed and tired and not look people in the eye and engage with them. Represent these words of Jesus so well. You are the light of the world. And he says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. After the break, we're going to go in depth at one of my favorite passages. I can't wait to share it. Hang on while we take a little break. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? 
Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey guys, welcome back. I want to just sort of transition into this time that I believe is going to be encouraging to you. I'm going to I'm going to be super honest with you. This is a really special message to me and I hope it encourages you. This is for you out there that feels as if something is dead and gone. This is for you that just can't seem to crawl out of that rough mental, emotional space that we find ourselves in. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. It is a popular passage of scripture, especially nowadays. However, I'm going to take a little bit different take on it. I'm going to read from Ezekiel 37. And Ezekiel 37 is an incredible passage, one that's very vivid in its meaning. It's very rich in its power. And it talks about a valley which God brought Ezekiel to that was full of dry, dead bones. And I think I just want to start in on the text with you guys so we can kind of go through this verse by verse. The hand of the Lord, Ezekiel 37 says, was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, thus says the word of the Lord to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you and cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. 
And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they might come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. I'm going to stop right there. One of the most powerful passages of scripture, I think, in the Old Testament. This is kind of where I was recently. I was looking at an area in my life and I thought it's dead. It's gone. It is over. I I don't see any hope for this area in my life. And this year has been just a crazy year because I think it's kind of made us all uh, look at our lives and sort of identify what is important, what is not, what should I be doing, what should I not. But in this particular area of my life, I looked at it and just stamped dead on top of it, gave it a funeral. And the Lord spoke to me out of his own word, which I love when God does that. He said this to me, can these bones live? Now, if you have read any of my books, Gangster Prayer, uh, very specifically, you'll have heard the story of my brother who in 2018 in July, I was leaving the hair salon and got a call from my sister-in-law and she said, your brother's been in an accident. It's really bad. He is at the hospital. I have not had any communication with anyone. He is, I think, in surgery right now. You just need to pray. He was in a terrible motorcycle accident. Every nerve in his arm had been severed. He couldn't move it. It was limp. He had started losing muscle mass, and it was discouraging. The doctor were running all kinds of tests to figure out Is he ever going to have use of that arm again? And about a month into his recovery, the Lord said, Autumn, I want you to prophesy to David's arm out of Ezekiel 37. This was a Friday. Now, that might be weird to you. I don't know what background you are. I don't know what denomination you are. You might be non-denominational. That's fine. I personally grew up very conservative Baptist. So if that sounds weird to you, um, that's okay. You can take it up with God because prophesying is in the Bible. And he told me that Friday, he said, I want you to prophesy Ezekiel 37. And I am very familiar with the passage. So I knew that God was telling me that what was fact to the doctors was not going to remain the facts after God got involved. I started praying immediately, Ezekiel 37, over the passage, the passage that I just read to you, and I was calling on the word of the Lord to wake up his arm. And I thought to myself, I should call Amanda, his wife, and tell her that God is telling me to prophesy to his arm, but I didn't do it. I kept it to myself. I did it for three days. Three days later, I get a call from my brother, and he says, We need to have an emergency family prayer meeting. All my family got on the phone together. You know how you do these days with the FaceTime and everything. And he said, I got some really bad news that I will be paralyzed in my right arm for the rest of my life. And immediately, I knew 
why the Spirit of God had told me three days earlier to prophesy Ezekiel 37 over his arm. And I said, oh, no, you won't. We all started praying. I, I immediately said, I need to pray first. I didn't even pray. I went and got my Bible, and I read this passage of Scripture that night in prayer to God on behalf of David's arm. He's a guitarist and has been a worship leader, worship pastor for 20 years and leads worship for his church. And we all sat there. We all prayed. I come from a long line of ministry people, so we all know how to do what we do. At the end of the prayer session, after everyone had prayed that was on the call, David said, as soon as Autumn started reading the word, I felt a tingling in my arm. And I'm happy to report today that those bones of David's arm, they live. He can move it. He can lead worship. Now, he's not 100% recovered, but I am standing and believing this for him two years later, but he can move it. These bones for David could live. This is also a really personal story for me because several months ago, I was uh, just, as I, as I even said last week, you know, going through some stuff myself, evaluating things that I have had to deal with and I've had to face this year. I've, I've, I've been just evaluating, looking at my life and saying, what, what needs to move on and what needs to stay? And the Lord spoke to me when I was evaluating one specific place in my life that just to be honest with you, needed healing. It was as if the Lord said to me, Autumn, can these bones, these bones you don't talk about very much, these bones that really you've kind of given a funeral for, you've deemed them dead, but I'm going to ask you, can these bones in your life, can they live? That was the inspiration behind this message you know, the interesting thing to me is that Ezekiel saw a vision, and I'm going to take you to Ezekiel 37, verse 1, and he says this, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. Now, we always talk about Ezekiel prophesying and bone coming to bone and the sinews coming on, breath coming on him. But I want you to think, and I want you to go with me here to where God took the great prophet Ezekiel in this vision. Where did he take him? He set him down in the middle of of the valley, which if you do any research on valleys, you will, you will know that it's, it's typically the deepest part of the valley. God thought it important that he led Ezekiel out, not to the beginning of the valley, because you know, when we start going through a valley with the Lord, most of the time in, in the beginning, we're full of faith. We've got it. Oh, God, you can walk me through. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And that's kind of our attitude when we begin a valley. But what happens when the valley is long and the valley is hard and the valley is treacherous? Somewhere in the middle, there is a deep part 
And most often we want to get through the valley. We want to run from the beginning to the end, but God wants us to sit down. In the middle of the valley, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of God and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. That night that I got my call from David, he was sitting in the middle of the valley. Now, God didn't take Ezekiel to the mountaintop. He took him to the middle of of the valley. And I think sometimes we want God to just meet with us on mountaintops. We want to hop from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. But let me tell you something about you. A lot of times we don't receive a lot from God when we are in a winning season. Now we praise God, of course, but we're in a winning season. We celebrate that winning season. It's not a receiving season. It's normally a worshiping season. When God gets our most attention, it's when we are directly at the lowest point in the middle of the valley. And if that's where you find yourself today, let me tell you, this is not something to rush through, to run through, to hurry through. This is a time for you to sit down in the middle of the valley and for you to have a conversation with the Lord. I think where God led him is so incredibly important. God knew what he was doing. He knew you and me would face a valley and the middle of it would feel like an eternity and we just want to rush through. But no, 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 no. There is wealth of wisdom in the middle of that valley. Verse two, he caused me to pass among them, the bones round about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and lo, they were very dry. So here Ezekiel, he's sitting in the middle of this valley. And it's weird because he's surrounded by bones. We normally in the middle of the valley, we have things that we need to confront, things that we need to work through. And God tells him this. At some point, he told Ezekiel to get up and pass through the bones and look at them. He told him to figure out the state of them. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. Oftentimes, when God asks us to sit in the middle of the valley, there are things he wants us to work through. There are things that he wants to show us And that's exactly what he had Ezekiel do that day. I want you to pass around them. I want you to look at what's in your life, what's in this valley. I want you to look at the state of where you are. And Ezekiel came up with two conclusions. There were many and they were very dry. But I want to ask you, are you sitting in the middle of a valley? And maybe your bones represent financial hardship, maybe your bones that are very many and very dry represent your mental state. Maybe your bones represent relationship that is just kind of exploded and it's very dry. In the middle of the valley, there are things that we need to confront, evaluate, understand that God wants to speak to us about. And that's where he got me 
several months ago, was sitting in the middle of a valley in our life. And I was kind of <laughs> looking through the different bones that I had that I felt were very dry and very many. I evaluated them, sat in that, and was reminded where that bone came from. That bone came from a bad decision a couple years ago. This bone came from a word that I shouldn't have said to a friend. This came from anger, which was really just an um, outpouring of something that had happened to me years ago. And I sat in the middle of my own valley and I started to evaluate the bones that were in it. And it was just as I was evaluating the bones in my valley that the Lord said to me, just like he said to Ezekiel, he said to me, verse 3, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these? Interesting enough, God did not look at Ezekiel and say, these bones can live. These can live, Ezekiel. God was not preaching to Ezekiel. God was asking Ezekiel. He didn't make a declarative statement. That's what I love about the Lord. These bones can live. God knew the bones could live. He wanted to see if Ezekiel would believe him enough to answer. Yes, the Lord is so tender with us. He looked at the Ezekiel and he, he asked the question much like he asked me, can these, Autumn, can these, these bones, these that you've hidden, these that you won't admit to anyone, these that evangelist Autumn would never put in a podcast or on stage or in a book, these, these hidden, these secret bones, these secret hurts, these secret places that you haven't, let me into yet. Can these bones live? Ezekiel's answer. And I answered, Lord God, you know, I think in modern day times, this is how we say it. Oh God, I don't know. I do not know. I have no idea. That's kind of how I see this going between Ezekiel and God. Lord God, you know. When God poised that question to me, I said, Lord, I do not know. I don't know. I don't know. And again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. When I was uh, sort of stuck in that place several months ago and the Lord was really working on me, I really did have this moment where I thought, Oh, Lord, I don't know. Because I'm honest with the Lord. Listen, I'm not fake. I am super honest with the Lord. I, I stopped that 20 years ago. And I'm able to have this dialogue with the Lord. I don't know. I know what your word says, but I'm struggling with it right now. I know you can, but God, are you? I just don't know, Lord. I, I don't know if these bones can actually live. And that's what Ezekiel said. But then God had Ezekiel do something so incredible. He said, I want you to prophesy over these bones and say, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Could God have spoken to the bones himself? Yes. Dry bones. You better listen to what I say. Come to life. He didn't say that. He said, Ezekiel, you prophesy over these bones. Hear 
the word of the Lord. I think that is so telling to what God wants us to do today. He has given us the word of the Lord in the Bible. It is the most precious document that has ever been written or constructed because it was constructed by God. Of course, he used people to write it out. It is inspired, it is inerrant, it is powerful, it is a living organism. I live by this thing every single day. And I think this is a perfect example of God saying, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy over these bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And we need to be doing that same exact thing. We need to be picking up the word of God, taking the promises in the word of God and applying them to these areas in our life that we don't have direction for. We don't know how we're going to get from point A to We don't know if, if God is actually going to be faithful. We don't know if he's going to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. We don't know if he's going to resurrect something in our life. We don't know because it's hard for us to believe because we're sitting in the middle of the valley of dry bones. The Bible says in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, oh, dry bones, he said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may live. I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you and cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. I've always spoken from a stage about this private area in my life that God has really dealt with in the last six months. You know, my husband knows. Nobody else knows. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell my friends. It's a private area, a private set of bones that I wouldn't let anyone into. And I will definitely say that I've got up on stage and I've said I've healed from these particular bones and I've preached on it a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always lived free from these dead bones. But up until a couple of months ago, I never felt free. I would live free. I would tell you. I would tell thousands of people from a stage. I would tell radio shows, I, I am living free, but I didn't ever feel free because I guess I didn't actually realize that I hadn't let the word of the Lord and the power of the Lord into that group of bones in me. And it was once the spirit of God revealed it to me. Of course, I let him in, repented and moved on. I want you today to sit in this passage, in this part, the beginning passage, the beginning part. We love the latter verses when, you know, the army comes together and they stand up a great army. We love that. But there's so much we're missing by not preaching one through four. God speaks to him in the middle, the lowest point of the valley. And he asks him a very important question. What's the state of these bones and can they live? And then he asks him to apply his word to the bones. I want you, if you are in this category of the middle of the valley, I want you to evaluate what is God doing in you and what does he want to do for you and does he want to heal you of something that if you're totally honest, you would say 
I just don't think these bones can live. I just don't think they can. It's time to apply the word of God to those, those set of bones. I love this message. (sighs) They can live according to the word of the Lord. I'm going to be right back with you with an answer to a question from our listener after the break. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. I'm loving this Q&A segment that we have. We have a question today from Rose. I love the name Rose. My niece's middle name is Rose. I love it. Rose L. And this is her question. I'm struggling to remain restful and trust in God while so much is up in the air. How do you have peace during such a stretching time? This is a great question. Let me read it again. I'm struggling to remain restful and trust in God while so much is up in the air. How do you have peace during such a stretching time? Now, Rose, we chose this question because... 50 million people have the same question right now. And I love that you ask it of us. I have a couple things that I want to give you a passage of scripture. When there are times where everything is shifting, everything is changing, it seems like there's nothing we can grasp and we're looking for stability somewhere. I want you to focus. This would be my first thing to answer this question. What is stable? There are a lot of things that are not stable, maybe in your life right now. There are a lot of things, I think, in the world right now that are not stable. Are the kids going to go back to school? I don't know. Do we wear a mask? Do we not? Who's going to win president? Who knows? What is next year going to look like? Who knows? Vaccine, non-vaccine. I mean, there's so many different things up in the air right now. Finances, jobs, relationships. But there is something in your life that is stable. And if you're a believer, we know there is the main thing that is always stable. Focus less on what is unstable and more on what is stable. If you're constantly looking at, oh my goodness, what do I do with my finances or job or whatever, you are going to be a nervous wreck, okay? You're going to be upset all the time. You're going to be miserable all the time. 
Focus on what God has given you that you already have that is stable. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a relationship with your son or daughter. Maybe it's your job. That's an amazing thing. But even more than that, the main thing is the Lord. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He is always stable. He's not crazy. He's not even intimidated by what's happening right now in the world. So rather than focusing so much on what's unstable, I want you to focus on something in your life that is stable. And then I want you to start thanking God for that stable thing. And after you do those things, I want to give you this verse. This is red letter Jesus. Jesus said this. This verse I repeat to myself all the time, peace, John 14, 27, I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Peace, Jesus says. I give you peace, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Now that's something really, a really, really nice verse, but I want you to understand that every time someone gives you something, you have to take it. We have the opportunity in the Christian life to live peaceful lives, even in the midst of crazy instability. But God gives us peace, but we have to take it. We have to receive it. We have to understand that, okay, this is a gift from God, but I have to receive the gift from God. Maybe it's that God is trying to give you peace through the word of God, through the spirit of God in your prayer life, and you have focused so much on the instability that you're not able able to sit in peace. My peace I give you. He also says this, not as the world gives. His peace is supernatural. It's not going to be something that the world gives you. It, 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 is, it is beyond the world. It is a supernatural gift from God. When you sit in the spirit of God, turn on worship music, turn on a message, get in the word of God, read this verse over and over. When you ask the Lord to give you peace, you have to receive the peace. If he says, I'm giving you peace and you don't take it, that's not on him. We have a choice in the Christian life to live in this great vein of inheritance that God has for us and receive the peace of God. Remember, one of Jesus' names was the Prince of Peace. He was peace. We have the opportunity to receive it. And oftentimes we still live anxious lives. Sit and find that peace, whether it's in a worship service or whether it's in your car blasting out worship music, whether it's sitting alone quietly in your backyard, listening to the birds, find that peace via the Spirit of God because He is giving it, but we have to receive it. I hope that helps you. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Catch me right back here next week for a fresh take on the Autumn Mile Show. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, 
Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) 